Geek Radio Daily for hey, finally, Frackin' Friday. Made it. It's here. Made it. It's here. There's Jackbox tonight. Not as late of a night as it was last time because I got to work in the morning. But still, it's finally Frackin' Friday, and the world's just going to deal with that the way the world should. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the 3rd of March, where the fine folks from GeekRadioDaily.com welcoming you to International... Irish Whiskey Day. 89.80. Now it's really damn shame that I've got to go to work in the morning. The folks that are going to be bringing things to you today, uh, the man that just has a few simple rules when he's getting things done. That there's podcasting Drit Sigfrid. Quiet, numbskulls. I'm broadcasting. And me, I'm the guy that if I talk to you long enough, it could happen. I'm the wonderful Billy Flynn. After listening to Billy the Flynn, I have been converted. And I can convert you as well. What happened, sir? In 1865, provisions for photographs are added to the United States Copyright Act. 1873, U.S. Congress enacts the Comstock Law, making it illegal to send any obscene, lewd, or lascivious books through the mail, you know, until Lady Chatterley's lover made everyone change their mind. Ooh, <laughs> not a. 1885, the AT&T is incorporated in New York as a wholly owned subsidiary of American Bell Company. The company will serve as a long-distance carrier connecting the regional Bell companies. 1904, Kaiser Wilhelm II of Germany becomes the first person to make a sound recording of a political document using Thomas Edison's cylinder that someone else made. 1915, the National Advisory Committee for Aeronautics, NACA, the predecessor of the National Aeronautics and Space Administration, NASA, is founded as an emergency measure during World War I to promote the coordination of war-related projects. The mission of the NACA is modeled after similar European agencies, which is to undertake, promote, and institutionalize aeronautic research. The agency will be dissolved on October 1st, 1958. No, 1919, the first U.S. international airmail service goes into operation. 60 letters are flown 74 miles from Seattle, Washington in the United States to Victoria, British Columbia in Canada. There's got to be a cheaper way. 1923, the first radio facsimile is transmitted in the U.S. from the U.S. Navy radio station NOF at Anacostia in Washington, D.C. to the Evening Bulletin in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. 1931, please note, 1931, the United States adopts the Star-Spangled Banner as the national anthem, but just the first verse. So wait, so you're telling me it's not the full thing? Nope. And it hasn't been around since the inception. In fact, it's been around for less than 100 years. Yep. Okay. 1945, during the Mutual Broadcasting System radio program, the adventures of Superman, Superman encounters Batman and Robin for the first time ever. It is the first of many regular appearances that Batman and Robin will make on the program as efforts to launch a separate Batman radio series will continue to fail. Man. <laughs> Uh, they should have just gone straight to TV. 1959, the first U.S. probe to enter solar orbit, Pioneer 4, is launched. 1966, the Postmaster General of the United Kingdom announces the authorization of PAL television transmissions in color, making Britain the first European nation to have a regular schedule of color broadcasts. And for some reason, they made it in a different shape than <laughs> ours, like is different ratio. Yeah, you know, like got to have our own. 1969, NASA launches the Apollo 9 from Cape Kennedy on a mission to test the Apollo lunar module for the first time with 151 orbits around the Earth over the course of 10 days. 1971, Magnavox signs an agreement with Sanders Associates for the exclusive licensing of television video game technology. The first home video game console, the Odyssey, was developed at Sanders by a team headed 
by Ralph Baer. 1972, NASA launches the Pioneer 10 spacecraft on a mission to become the first spacecraft to travel through the system's asteroid belt. It's equipped with the Intel 4004 microchip, the first computer on a chip. It'll be the first probe to reach Jupiter and later the first probe to leave the solar system in 1983. 1980, the USS Nautilus, which was the world's first nuclear-powered submarine, is decommissioned at the Mare Island Shipyard in Vallejo, California. 1982, a United States Federal Appeals Court in Chicago overturns an earlier U.S. District Court decision and orders K.C. Munchkin, a Pac-Man lookalike published by the North American Corporation Phillips Consumer Electronics, to be removed from store shelves. K.C. Munchkin will quickly become one of the more popular character games for the Odyssey 2 game system. 2005, in the Arkansas State Legislature, Senator Sean Womack introduces a bill that would require stores that rent or sell games with an entertainment software rating board, or ESRB rating of M, to display them at a minimum height of at least five feet from the floor. You know, at five feet, they're still underage. 2006, Screen Gems mm-hmm. releases the action film Ultraviolet, directed by Kurt Wilmer, starring Mia Yehovovich, Cameron Bright, Nick Chinlin, and William Fichtner. 2008, the Virginia Supreme Court upholds the nation's first felony spam conviction against spammer Jeremy Janes by a narrow 4-3 to three vote, reaffirming that the First Amendment does not protect spam. 2505, the infamous garbage avalanche reveals and awakes an army librarian and a prostitute from 2005 who were stuck in stasis for 500 years where so much had changed, including that there's now 3,000 people locally named Upgrade. (laughs) And 3028, Earth is destroyed by the dredge. Surviving humans drift through the galaxy. We'll find you, Planet Fred. Birthdays. Montgomery Scott is negative 99. He was chief engineer on the USS Enterprise. See how old we are? They're less than 100 years from happening. Jessica Beale is 41 oh from my God. 7th Heaven, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, A-Team. How dare you come at me like that? Uh, Artie Mann is 45. Priya from Big Bang Theory. David Faustino is 49. He was Bud Bundy on Married with Children. And him and Corn Nimick were in Starving, which was freaking hysterical. Also, he was a voice on Korra, The Last uh, Airbender. Truth. It was pretty damn uh, fantastic at it. Matthew Marsden is 50 from Re-Instinction, Resident Evil Instinction, Transformers, Revenge of the Fallen. Julie Bowen is 53 from Happy Gilmore. Hmm. (laughs) Boston Legal and Modern Family. S.D. Robert Snake Pliskin is 56. He's a former U.S. Army lieutenant serving under Special Forces Unit Black Light with two Purple Hearts and the youngest soldier to be decorated by the U.S. president for bravery. Tone Loke is 57, a rapper, an actor. You caught him in Fort Fairlane and in Ace Ventura. Two movies that I love. Yep. They're not good, but nope. man, I love them. Problems and all. Miranda Richardson is 65 from Sleepy Hollow and was Rita Skeeter in Harry Potter. Tim Kazarinski is 75, an incredibly underappreciated mm. Saturday Night Live guy from the 80s, and was Carl Sweetchuck in Police Academy. So good. So good. I wonder I wonder how pissed off he was when Rick Moranis came onto the scene. <laughs> Gloria Henry is 74. Rosie in Live and Let Die and Black Caesar. Hattie Winston is 78. Hey, you guys. She was in the electric company. Born in the state no longer with us in 1911. Gene Harlow from Hell's Angels and Public Enemies. 1913. Harold J. Stone from Spartacus and Mitchell. 1920. James Doohan. Scotty from Star Trek. He was in Homeboys from Outer Space. 1923, <laughs> Barney Martin, best known for being Morty Seinfeld on Seinfeld. Uh, by the way, James Doohan uh, was also in uh, National Lampoon's Loaded Weapon 1. True fact. 1928, Joe Conley, Ike Goodsey, 
the store owner on the Waltons. 1937, Bobby Driscoll, who was the voice of Disney's Peter Pan. Man, I've been playing a lot of Red Dead 2. Never trusted Driscoll. (laughs) (laughs) On CBS, we've got a new SWAT. A reforestation effort is interrupted when a massive tree falls, endangering Eve and leaving Bodhi to take up leadership of the rescue efforts on a new fire country and a new Blue Bloods. ABC's got your shark tank and Twente Twente. NBC has Lopez vs. Lopez, Young Rock, and Dateline, ESPN8, The Ocho. <laughs> on Fox, it's WWE Friday Night Smackdown! Brother, DW has a rerun of Penn and Teller Pool. AMC has Star Trek Beyond. I like FX has Baywatch. If it's the movie, that's a fun time. FXX Simpsons, mostly Bob's Burgers Marathon. FXM has Fantastic Four, Rise of the Silver Surfer. Wasn't that Fantastic 42? Why would anybody, why does anybody want to see them? Okay, <laughs> fine, you know. Lawrence Fishburne was good. IFC is showing Avatar. That would be the blue things, not not the uh, other one. Legit, I'd rather watch Fantastic 42. <laughs> BBC America has Conan the Barbarian and Conan the Destroyer. Never mind watching that. One of those is a really great movie. Sci-Fi <laughs> Channel has Guardians of the Galaxy, Volume D. And I think the other one, uh, they farmed out the footage to other movies. So <laughs> a lot of it appears again and then again and again. PBS has a damn fine movie, Pacific Rim. TNT has Godzilla vs. Kong, which that that's just a damn fine time. That's keeping up the theme of PBS. Right? I like it. True TV has Ghostbusters, but it's the 2016 movie, so mm-hmm. if you can get past two characters being the exact same, the kind of thing you're running. Tonight, though, we're going to be watching that their lifetime television because a young woman unexpectedly inherits a theater when her grandfather suddenly passes away. And initially, she thought the best thing to do was to put it up for sale. But when she decides to reopen the stunning landmark theater, problems arise. Sarah Fisher and Connor Floyd star in She Inherited Danger. The wonderful Billy Flynn looks at what Chad and Abby are up to now. If you know what TV show they're on this week, you could win yourself a prize. It's your further adventures of Chad and Abby Update. The annual dance is fast approaching, and for some reason it's been decided a computer is going to pick which two are going to be a couple at the event. Thieves, shuttles, computer matchmaking, look, strange things always seem to be happening here at Champion Colossal. Protect the peak, the savior steep. Hashtag Chappy. Forever. No blasted letters today. Letters no. Entry sure. Damn, uh, how difficult do I have to make this for people to uh, not get it as much as they used to not get it? I don't know. Maybe everyone's following the J. Radimus system. I just don't know. Anyway, you've got plenty of time to get stuff in because Monday, anti-Friday, we're going to be drawing a winner for last month and giving away a prize. Woo! So send those notes into podcast at geekradiodaily.com. Of course, a voicemail or text message. Use these numbers here. 510-G-R-D-Crow. I've got Sonic video games. Ooh. Hi, I'm Terry J. Allman, host of Video Fuzzy, a media-centric nostalgia bomb currently working through thousands of DVD transfers from VHS tapes of television you may remember fondly, or not, as well as current recordings, cross-connections, and comments along the way. Find my blog at videofuzzy.blogspot.com and my Video Fuzzy podcast wherever you get your podcasts. For Video Fuzzy, I'm Terry J. Allman. Happy viewing! It might be amazing, it might just be sketchy, and we'll find out together on Video Fuzzy... It's Friday night, and I swear the toilet was full of guacamole when I bought it. Come play Jackbox games with Geek Radio Daily, and maybe Flynn will ring the bell. I mean, is the fact that it had guacamole in it 
Why he bought it? Ah. I got an idea for a movie. Doesn't everybody? Sure. Do you want to see one of these things here that we're about to tell you about? Let's see. Well, in nationwide release, an MI6 agent is recruited by a global intelligence agency to track down and stop the sale of a deadly new weapons technology that threatens to disrupt the world. Josh Hartnett, Carrie Yules, and or Elways, and Jason Statham star in Operation Fortune, Ruse de Guerre. Ooh. After dominating the boxing world, Adonis Creed has been thriving in both his career and family life. And when a childhood friend and former boxing prodigy named Damien resurfaces after serving a long sentence in prison, he's eager to prove he deserves a shot in a ring. And the face-off between former friends is more than just a fight. To settle the score, Adonis must put his future on the line to battle Damien, a fighter who's got nothing to lose. Michael B. Jordan, Jonathan Majors, and Felicia Rashad? Starring yeah, Creed plays, 3. She plays Creed's mom. I did not know that. Yeah, she's been in all of them. Still, fantastic. But if watching Michael B. Jordan and Jonathan Majors go beast mode isn't enough for you, then check out Svengooley. He's got the hair-raising tale of an adopted boy who becomes a werewolf and terrorizes the inhabitants of his 18th century Spanish town. <laughs> hair-raising, get it? See Clifford Evans, Yvonne Romaine, and Oliver Reed in 1961's The Curse of the Werewolf. Only on MeTV. I'm not wearing any pants. Film at 11. Geek News! Taking a look at the world from a geeky point of view. Chernobyl alum Johan Renk is attached to film the first of a multi-series adaptation of British author John Wyndham's iconic 1951 sci-fi novel, The Day of the Triffids, for Amazon Studios. Yeah, but is it going to be as good as the original film, though? The story begins with a meteor shower one night that's viewable to much of the world, and the event turns those who watched it blind the next day. And one spared by pure happenstance is biologist Bill Mason, who works with triffids, tall, venomous, carnivorous plants capable of locomotion, which are heavily cultivated around the world for the oil they produce. Even the ones that watched it on their phone? Hmm. Soon the world falls apart. The few-sided people left have to deal with triffids and scavengers wandering the countryside along with various others trying to establish their own authority structures. Amazon reportedly tends to adapt the book as a string of miniseries detailing the invasion from multiple points of view in multiple cities. Ah, they're doing it Russian Pokemon style. That's what it's called, isn't it? The novel has been adapted several times for the screen, most notably the 1962 film, a miniseries in 1981, which was rather faithful to the book, and in... 2009, which was less so. And hopefully, this one can truly capture the absolute horror of aliens that look like rocks. And the terror when people realize it wasn't a rock. It was a rock monster! Or just maybe call Jeanette Scott to deal with the whole damn thing. <laughs> the largest movie theater chain in the world is collaborating with one of the largest retailers in the world on a new line of popcorn. AMC Theaters has announced that it is teaming up with Walmart for an exclusive launch of a new line of microwave and ready-to-eat popcorn. Movie theaters making lines of popcorn is a really easy... I'm surprised no one thought of this. It took this long? Right? The collaboration begins with featured end caps, which will display AMC Perfectly Popcorn in hundreds of Walmarts throughout the U.S., beginning on March 11th, just in time for the Academy Awards on March 12th. In April, AMC's popcorn will hit shelves in more than 2,600 Walmart locations as well as Walmart.com. There will be six items in total, including three flavors of microwave popcorn and already popped popcorn, such as classic butter, extra butter, and lightly salted. 
the microwave extra butter comes with buttery topping packets to replicate that ultimate movie theater experience of adding even more butter flavor to their popcorn. I thought I was going to have to wring out a stick of butter. AMC's perfectly popcorns microwavable varieties are expected to retail for about five bucks plus tax for a six pack. While the ready to eat popcorn will be available in a 4.2 to 5.2 ounce bag and will retail for about four bucks plus tax. Wait, it's not going to be like 20 bucks a pop. I thought it was movie popcorn, right? Like I love the idea, but I feel that they're, their flavors are a little safe. Why not fully bring in the in-person theater experience to your home? Why not a nacho-flavored one or a Sprite-slash-Twizzler-flavored one? Or at the very least, Screaming Baby-slash-Sticky-Floor-flavored. Are you struggling to keep your wireless earbuds clean? You can buy cleaning kits for AirPods that come with purpose-built tools for getting rid of earwax, or you can deal with the problem at the source with a device that looks like an oversized pair of headphones but is actually... A washing machine for your ears. Oh man, the spin cycle is going to be murder on your inner ear. Believe it or not, the wax in your ears is actually there for a good reason. Produced in the ear canal by glands that excrete an oil called cerumen, earwax helps to trap dust, dirt, and small objects, and even germs and bacteria from entering the ear while also serving as a protective layer for the delicate skin, forming the ear canal. And it's a good thing, but as with most good... But as with most good things, too much can actually be bad. And blockage from a buildup of earwax is one of the leading causes of hearing loss. And old-timey mustache wax. Tools like Q-tips aren't the best way to remove earwax and can instead end up pushing a buildup deeper into the ear canal. The better approach is using liquids which help soften and flush out earwax. The Autoset Ear Cleaning System takes the same approach, but with a design that keeps all the mess contained and easy to clean up. It doesn't like inject stuff in my ears, does it? To most people, the Autoset ear cleaning system looks like a giant pair of headphones, but they don't connect to a smartphone, and the only sound they produce are the trickle of the liquid and the hum of a small suction-producing pump. I don't want those sounds in my ears. Each side features two clear chambers, with the top chamber being filled with a liquid solution that flows into the wearer's ears through disposable ear tips. The solution breaks down the earwax while the suction draws it, and the liquid back out of the ear and into the lower chamber. The chamber is also fully recyclable waste containers, so thankfully no one gets tasked with having to clean it out afterwards. Well, now how am I supposed to make my accurate Adam Driver wax sculpture? Although it looks like anyone could use the Autoset ear cleaning system by themselves, it's actually an FDA-cleared device designed for by use of healthcare professionals only, and that probably helps explain the price tag of $3,059, or $2,753 if you buy it as a part of a one-year bundle that includes enough disposable ear tips to treat up to 240 ears. So, if you're only interested in this device as a way to keep your earbuds clean, maybe just stick with the mineral oil or eardrops. Or swirlies. That's not 280s, is it, kids? <laughs> the home of a Hammer Horror star has hit the market, and the two-bedroom Kent Cottage could be yours for 1.4 million L's. Peter Cushing, OBE, who starred in countless horror films, including Dracula and Dr. Frankenstein, lived in the Whitstable, Whit, Whitstable, someplace in England, property for the last 25 years of his life, up until his death in 1994 at the age of 81. Was he in the house when he passed? That could raise the bidding for the right people. Some of his most notable roles include evil Grand Moff Tarkin, commander of the Death Star and boss of Darth Vader in the original 77 Star Wars, and Van Helsing in Christopher Lee's Dracula. In recent times, the empty house had become dilapidated, prompting horror fans to fear that the actor's legacy was not being protected. 
But now, following an extensive refurbishment, the seaside property has been restored to its former glory. Well, now all the goth people are less interested. The house, which boasts a prime location on the town's seafront, has been a destination for horror fans keen to see the blue plaque dedicated to the gravel-voiced British actor. Describing the house as being nestled in the heart of Wissasabal's popular conservation area, the listing says the picture postcard period house was wonderful, far-reaching sea views. Owning the home of cinematic royalty certainly would be amazing, but there's no mention of secret staircases, false walls, or a vampire torture chamber in the basement. So now I don't want it. And it has nothing to do with the 1.4 million price tag. One of the most popular horror games of the last decade is coming to the big screen. James Wan's Atomic Monster and Jason Bloom's Bloomhouse have announced that they're teaming with Behavior Interactive for a Dead by Daylight movie. The video game is going to be adapted by the studio behind the massive hits such as The Purge, The Black Phone, and M3GAN. I'm guessing that Nemesis, Jason, Michael, the Demigorgon, or Scream guy probably aren't going to be in it. Then I'll stick with the game. There's no word yet on who's going to end up writing or directing the film, but a search is said to be underway for the right filmmaker. It's also not the first time Bloomhouse has taken on a hit video game, as they're currently, allegedly, finally filming a Five Night at Freddy's movies. Like it's going to be better than the Nicolas Cage picture. Atomic Monster founder and CEO James Wan had this to say. In Dead by Daylight, the behavioral team has created a love letter to the world of horror, building an incredible environment, teeming with atmosphere and terrifying villains. Perfect for a scary cinematic adaptation. We're big fans of the game in Atomic Monster and are thrilled to be teaming up with Bloomhouse to bring this frighteningly visceral world to the big screen. Well, I can't wait to see the 47-minute... <clears throat> Well, I can't wait to see the 47-minute looping sequence or watching Gunslinger just go around kicking generators. <laughs> Dead by Daylight originally launched in 2016. In the simplest terms, it's a multiplayer horror game where one player becomes a savage killer and four other players are survivors repairing said generators to power the gates to escape. And since its launch, the game has reached over 50 million players worldwide, 2 million players getting into the action daily, while many horror icons such as Pinhead from Hellraiser, Michael Myers from Halloween have been added to the game over the years. It also has several unique killers such as The Nurse. The Hag, The Wraith, not Charlie Sheen. In that way, the film could easily be the start of a new franchise, bringing us new slashers for a new generation. Or could it finally be the start of a slasher multiverse? The game's lore perfectly sets this up, since the, Im since the entity hijacks killers from all over and brings them into the trials to torture and test the survivors. But will they be able to bring in more than the hardcore players? Only if they start polishing up their boons and bring the right offering. And they better not send us to freaking Haddonfield. Just to let you guys know, I wrote those jokes for Billy to read. <laughs> That's a good time. And only the hardest core fans are going to get those. <laughs> Look, I, I love that stupid game. I do. And, and I play oh, as... You, oh, you played it? Oh, dude, I have this. I play it all the time. I, I generally play as... My my favorite when I'm not one of the killers, when, I, when I'm one of the survivors, I like to play as Steve from Stranger Things. <laughs> oh, he has the best... And, and you can't get the Stranger Things people anymore, so I hope you brought it when the time came. Oh! Who, who was a hipster? Right here. Thank you. GRD, let's oh, sure. We're going to have to talk more. I didn't realize you played that. Well, some are going to make up GRD Dead by Daylight. Oh, we're going to talk. We're going to work on it. Blah, 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 blah. GeekRadioDaily.com. Send a note. Podcast. GeekRadioDaily.com. Or, yes, or use the magic numbers that you need these. 510-GRD. Game rocks. What do you think? It stinks. Game over, man. Game over. Well, 
I thought every part of it was good, but overall, I hated it. I feel exactly the opposite, but the same. What's the pixie doing? Talking. What did she say? She says you're a big, ugly girl. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, I think she's lovely. Well, come on, Wendy. Let's go. Where are we going? To Neverland. Neverland? Peter's taking us. Us? Oh, of course. I, I couldn't go without Michael and John. Oh, I should like very much to cross swords with some real buccaneers. Yes, and fight pirates, too. <laughs> well, all right. But you gotta take orders. Hi, I saw. Me, too. But, Peter, how do we get to Neverland? Fly, of course. Fly? It's easy. All you have to do is to... Is to... Is to... That's funny. What's the matter? Don't you know? Oh, sure. It's it's just that I never thought about it before. Say, that's it. You think of a wonderful thought. Any happy little thoughts? Uh-huh. Like toys at Christmas? Sleigh bells? Snow? Yep. Watch me now. Here I go. It's easier than pie. He can fly. He can fly. He flew. Now you try.